Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Tuesday night, and you know exactly what that means. It's time for the real conversation with Shayna Thornton. Let's Talk America with hosts. Shana Thornton is your radio talk show spotlighting the critical issues of today. She is certain to feature expert guests and celebrities each and every Tuesday night. She is a celebrated newspaper columnist, popular blogger, and award-winning radio talk show personality who has a passion for groundbreaking discussions. Here she is. Let's welcome the one and only, the engaging host for the national show. Please give it up for Shana Thornton. Good Tuesday evening to you, and welcome to your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton. Of course, I am Shana, and I welcome you to the very first Tuesday of 2016. Welcome. It is a new year, a new start, a new beginning of opportunities, and I hope you are looking forward to one phenomenal year. I sure am. Thank you for joining us uh, here again, and we are so honored and and thrilled because we are continuing to put the spotlight on the issues and the topics that matter to you and your various communities out there. Tonight, we are putting the spotlight on parenting. That's right. Are you a good parent? Now, that's a pivotal question that so many moms and dads and guardians ask themselves. We have a parenting expert on with us tonight. She's going to take on the tough questions and answer uh, some questions that you may have had on your mind about some recent questions uh, in the news, uh, stories dealing with some parents and situations they have found themselves in uh, concerning their children. So you have to stay with us. If you're thinking, hey, I'm a grandparent, I'm an empty nester, um, I don't have the responsibility of parenting my child from day to day, you still want to stick with us because she's going to offer uh, some great advice uh, for perhaps you to give your child or your neighbor. Um, Hey, and just because you're a grandparent or maybe you're not a grandparent, maybe you've never had kids, often you still come in contact with people's children. So you want to stay with us because she's got some uh, really resourceful advice on how to interact with children and allow them to be as productive as possible. We realize that uh, parenting or being a guardian uh, is not an easy task at all. Um, It takes a lot. Often individuals will say it takes a village, and our parenting expert tonight will take that on head on. So do stay with us and message all of your family and friends and let them know. We're also going to talk about your health. Putting the spotlight on a very specific cancer, you want to stay with us for this. We have a medical expert that's going to break down this information, and it is some powerful information. Again, awareness and information can be pivotal. And lastly, tonight, we are going to have a conversation about the G word, germs. That's right. We are in the beginning of 2016, but there's a lot of different infections continuing to go on out there. Uh, We have a germ specialist, medical expert on with us tonight, and he's going to share some great advice on staying healthy, because remember, we're still in the midst of what traditionally has been called the flu season, and you may be thinking, I haven't seen much of the flu, but that doesn't mean that it cannot pop up. We still have, uh, unfortunately, plenty of opportunity for influenza to pop its head up. So stay with us. He's going to talk about some really uh, good information, solid information to keep you as healthy as possible. As you can see, we have one full show tonight covering the gamut of parenting, also talking about your health with cancer, and also staying healthy uh, regarding germs. And we also have some great music. 
the tunes of Lindsay Slayton uh, will help us out tonight in terms of some awesome music. So you want to stay with us. Hey, again, go ahead and message all of your family, friends, colleagues, and neighbors and let them know that Let's Talk America Radio is on right now. We're live. It is Tuesday, January the 5th, 2016. We're off to a great new year, and we appreciate you sticking with us. Hey, if you're out there strolling down Instagram looking at some photos or if you're on Twitter or Facebook or perhaps you're on Google+, Plus, we would please really like for you to hashtag LTA Radio. LTA Radio, all caps would be great. Let others know that you are tuned in right now live, okay? So we're set to kick it off. It's going to be one powerful show tonight of awareness and information, okay? Stay with us. We have our signature in the news up next where we highlight the top trending stories from around the globe. Let's kick it off right now. Hey, everyone, it's Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and Let's Talk America Radio with host Shayna Thornton is in your ear. Let's get it. Hi, my name is Donise Myers. I'm the wellness director of Life, Sport, Work, Performance, and Fitness. Are you looking for a coach or a trainer to help you reach your fitness and wellness goals? Well, we have the perfect platform for the busy person who needs the convenience to access training and coaching 24-7. The personal attention to specifically meet your needs and your busy schedule. And, of course, a buddy to hold you accountable and to keep it fun and motivated so that you just stick with it. We work with companies, organizations, community groups, and individuals to develop your wellness program. Start your first fitness challenge today for only $20 a month. Visit our website at www.lswfitness.com or call us at 678-607-5579. Again, that's www.lswfitness.com or call us at 678-607-5579. Let's get fit and stay fit. Hello, everyone. I'm Latasha Matthews from Columbia, South Carolina, and I'm listening to Let's Talk America with Shana Thornton. Hi, I'm Nikki Smith. I'm in Dallas, Texas, and I love listening to Let's Talk America with Shana Thornton. I love the fact that it's a family-friendly show, and it has great guests, it has great music submissions, and I think she's doing a wonderful job, and I will continue to support it, and I encourage you to as well. Thank you, and have a blessed day. Hey, how you doing? This is L Hustle from Detroit, Michigan. You're now tuning into the Let's Talk America with your host, Shannon Thornton. Hi, this is Carol from Atlanta, Georgia, and I listen to Let's Talk America with Shana Thornton. A very special thanks to all of our national partners and sponsors. Your support truly is priceless. Thanks for sticking with us in 2016. And also, I'd be remiss if I did not mention our weekly dedicated listeners. Thank you for sticking with us each and every Tuesday night. And if you happen to miss it live, you always find a way to go back and listen to the replay podcast. So thank you so much. I know many of you uh, find our replay podcast in uh, different outlets, but I know one of the most recent popular ones is on iTunes. So if you're on iTunes searching for some great music and other podcast shows, do know that Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton, is there also. So look us up and join us, and feel free to share a review of the show. Well, everyone, it is time for our signature in the news. We highlight the top trending news stories from around the globe. Now, do know that Let's Talk America Radio has collaborated with the one and only SEB TV channel 182 out of Georgia to bring you the televised version of In the News. Please visit 
our website to see the footage there. Of course, the website is www.letstalkamerica with shanathornton.com. Again, that's www.letstalkamerica with shanathornton.com. That's a one-stop shop. You can see the footage from In the News and so much more. So do take a look at our website. Well, we're set to give you our version of In the News for this week. It is Tuesday, January the 5th, and there has been a lot going on in the news. Let's get it kick it off. President Obama addresses gun control. President Obama met with Attorney General Loretta Lynch on Monday, January the 4th, to discuss his executive order options for regulating guns. Now, this historic action signals that gun violence will be a top priority of the Obama administration in 2016. The president has called the issue of gun violence one piece of unfinished business. The president is expected to direct Attorney General Loretta Lynch to interpret and enforce laws more aggressively. Now, President Obama has long denounced the so-called gun show loophole that allows gun buyers to circumvent federal background checks by purchasing weapons at flea markets and collector's events. President Obama could look to change regulations redefining whether those sellers should be required to conduct background checks. Some experts have said that anything the 44th president does by executive action is likely to be undone if a Republican takes the White House in 2017. In the news, legendary comedian Bill Cosby finds himself in trouble with the law. Bill Cosby faces criminal charges in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. The 78-year-old Cosby was arrested and booked on sexual assault charges. His defense team called the criminal case against him unjustified and vowed to fight back. The famous comedian is being accused of assaulting a former Temple University employee when she visited his suburban Philadelphia home in 2004. A probable cause affidavit was filed by investigators last week. The document alleges that Cosby sought to incapacitate the accuser by giving her a mix of pills and wine that sent her slipping in and out of consciousness. Meanwhile, it was just announced that another court has denied a motion by his wife, Camille Cosby, to squash her disposition order. Camille Cosby will now have to testify in a defamation suit brought against her husband by seven female plaintiffs that allege that the defendant drugged and or sexually assaulted each and ultimately called them liars for making the claims. Camille Cosby has continued to defend her husband despite the recent criminal charge and recent public accusations. In the news, another police shooting rocks Chicago. Two more shooting deaths by Chicago police have prompted swift action by Mayor Rahm Emanuel. The latest incident concerns the fatal shooting death of Betty Jones, 55, and Quintonio Legrier, 19, by Chicago police. Jones was shot accidentally by police while she opened the door to her residence. Police were answering a call about a domestic disturbance at the property involving 19-year-old Legrier and his father. The teen's mother has stated that her son did suffer from mental illness but was not violent in nature. Now, the city's mayor has ordered changes in how city police officers are trained to handle calls involving people who may have mental health problems. 55-year-old Betty Jones was a mother and a grandmother. Now, some community members continue to call for the removal of the city's mayor. It is being reported that several state legislators may be seeking legal changes that may allow his removal. And finally, tonight in the news, college football will crown a new national champion. Undefeated Clemson University will face Alabama on January the 11th in Arizona for the National Collegiate Football Championship. Clemson's impressive offensive line 
has faced and conquered challenges all season, but its most notable challenge will come next week against Alabama's dominating and fierce defense. Millions are expected to watch this big game. Now, who will you be cheering for? Let us know by way of Twitter. The handle there is S.S. Thornton. S.S. Thornton. Well, everyone, that concludes your edition of In the News for this week, of course, of January the 5th, 2016, the first uh, full week, if you will, of 2016. And we are excited to kick it off with you, okay? So do stay informed with Let's Talk America Radio. We're here with you each and every Tuesday night alive. Well, everyone, in keeping with tradition, I will now share our inspirational quote of the night. Tonight, the statement comes from the one and only motivational speaker, Les Brown, who once said, forgive yourself for your faults and your mistakes and move on. Again, the one and only Les Brown is known for saying, forgive yourself for your faults and your mistakes and move on. And you know, what a pivotal statement to kick off 2016. The past is the past for a reason, and may we learn from the many lessons of it. And a lot of times, those lessons come from our own decision-making, and sometimes they don't. But either way, as Les Brown so eloquently said, let's forgive ourselves for our faults and make the most of our present and our future because after all, we are in the present and we certainly should be looking forward uh, to our future and our decision making moving forward and our attitude will determine that, okay? So I hope everyone has one phenomenal 2016 and let's kick it off with the right attitude and again, leaving the past exactly where it belongs. 2015 is gone, everyone. Let's move, let's push forward to this great year of opportunities. It's 2016. Happy New Year to you. Well, we're set to kick off our main and primary conversation for tonight's show. We're talking about parenting. Are you a good parent? Uh, is your sister a good parent? Uh, perhaps uh, she may be overly aggressive with her kids, you think? Or is your brother a little too lax? Do the kids run all over him and they do homework when they're like? There are no uh, chores to do. There are no rules in the household. Hey, maybe that will work. Maybe not. We have one phenomenal parenting expert on with us right now. She's going to take on the tough questions that you wanted to ask yourself or perhaps ask your cousin who's a parent, all right? We are talking about the one and only Monica Douglas-David. She joins us in seconds and will officially kick it off as our first featured guest of 2016. All right, everyone, we're set to get it going. Message family, friends, and neighbors. Let them know that talk radio with substance starts now. Hi, my name is Kezia Alford. For more information on my music, please go to keziaalford.com. That's K-E-Z-I-A-A-L-S-O-R-D.com or find it online at any digital outlet. I pray that my music blesses your soul. And you are currently listening to Let's Stop America with Jane Thornton. Listeners of your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton. It is Tuesday night, and we are putting the spotlight on effective parenting skills in 2015. Believe it or not, you're not born a great parent. And we are so fortunate that we live in a time where we can gain all the information out there, be it online or through professionals. And speaking of professionals, right now I have someone that's been with us before on the show. She is fabulous. It's the one and only licensed professional counselor, Monica Douglas Davis. Welcome back to the show. We're continuing the conversation about parenting. How are you this Tuesday night? I am well, Shana. Thank you for having me back on. Oh, 
any time you are backed by popular demand, so many of our listeners uh, got in contact with us uh, previously, letting us know they love the information you shared and they wanted you back on. So we're back and we are keeping it timely and relevant. Now, first, Monica, how has parenting skills evolved over the last 30 years, rather? Well, I tell you, parenting has changed so tremendously. Um, I think that 30 years ago, looking back even in my lifetime, first of all, there were still a lot of couples. There were still a lot of two-family houses. And that's the biggest thing I would say um, would be the change, is there was a mother and the father in the home. Or even if the father was not there, they usually were somewhere nearby. Okay. And that might be that they, you know, maybe the parents divorced, but they still were in the same city. But the major change, again, as I said, is that there were two parents usually helping raise children. And with that, that meant that there was a unity that we don't see today more often than not. And I think that parenting today has changed. People have to work. Yes. And so a lot of times children, we call them latchkey children, they're being raised by, well, they're at school for six, seven hours. They may go to an after-school program where they're there another three hours. Okay. And then by the time they get home, it might be 6, 7 o'clock when it's pretty much just time to eat and yes. get ready for the next day. And so parents are not spending maybe two hours, if you're lucky, a day with your child. And that has truly changed over the last 30 years when wow. parents were spending so much more time with the children. They were able to instill values in them, their own values. Now we have Internet and social media and TV yes. and all this technology and all of that is inundating our children and that is what is raising our children mm, today. So wow. one of the things that I think are very big uh, differences in the last 30 years for parents. Wow, and those are some factors I think a lot of people have not thought of. You know, I've spoken to daycare workers, and they will say they believe they spend more time with people's babies and kids than they do. And when you think about it, someone that's dropping a kid off at 530 or 6 a.m., picking them back up at 6 or 6 30 p.m., you know, when you think of it, and the kid's probably ready to go to sleep at 8 or 8.30, they do, you know, become more attached to others who are working in that daycare environment than sometimes their own parents. Now, mom and dad will always be mom and dad, but, you know, time is so critical, and you're right, there are factors such as careers and jobs that come into play, and we know, you know, most people have to work to be able to survive in our world, so we're going to talk about parent shaming, too, because I think that's a a hot button. But from your professional opinion, what makes an effective parent? The most important thing I can say about a parent is being consistent. And by consistent, I mean is you do the same thing time after time after time. That means, for example, the simplest thing, such as if you have young children, at school they always tell you to read with your children every night. Yes. They say that all the time, over and over. We think back on childhood, those of us who had parents that written to us, how we look forward to that routine. You know, you go brush your teeth, you yes. put your pajamas on, you get your little book, you get your little stuffed animal or whatever, your blanket, and then you look forward to that story. And then your parent either makes up a story or they read you a story. And if they read you a story, then it's one that you've come to love. And you say, read it again, read 
and yeah, and eventually over time, you're starting to read that story, even though you may not even be Beautiful. reading it, you're more reciting Beautiful. it, but it's consistency, and so you look forward to that consistency, and there is a routine that helps. So mm-hmm. parenting, being consistent is what you need to do, and that gives the child a sense of security, it gives them a sense of significance, and it also gives them a sense of contentment. They know this is going to happen. They know yes. I'm looking forward to this. They even know if it doesn't happen, they're sad, they're upset, they're looking for what's happening. So consistency, I believe, is the number one thing parents need to give their children. You know, when you talk about consistency, I can't help but think of even rules that come up and being consistent. And I recently um, overheard watching uh, television and passing uh, Dr. Phil. Everyone knows the very famous psychologist from being on television, and he was saying, and I'm paraphrasing him, that he had a friend who did not necessarily grow up in the structured environment as he did. I don't think the friend, uh, they were teenagers and they used to hang out, and I don't think the friend had parents um, that really were, uh, I guess, uh, loving or nurturing or very attentive to the young man. And he said once he and Dr. Phil had a conversation, and he wasn't Dr. Phil then, he was just Phil, a teenager, that he wished he'd had the life Dr. Phil did, and Dr. Phil was like, what are you talking about? My parents are mean. They won't let me do anything. They have these rules. And he said, but at least they care to place the rules on the table. And I can't help but think of that, as you said, be consistent. Because there is time that goes into being consistent, right? And even though the kids say, I got to brush my teeth, you got to work on my homework, you know, and so many times they complain. But we have to remember as parents or guardians the bigger picture in the long run, right? Not saying, well, he seems upset when I encourage him to brush his teeth or to read. You're saying stay consistent no matter what, right, Monica? Yes, I definitely agree with that. And as you said, even with rules, it is so critical because children need boundaries. They need structure. They need the no's. They have to hear that everything cannot be, yes, 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 yes. I'll do that for you. Because in society, that is not the way. That's right. So you're teaching them from a young age as a parent, I'm preparing you for the real world and for your future. And with that, I care enough about you to set some boundaries, to set rules. If you don't brush your teeth, you're going to have cavities. And you're going to wow. have to go to the dentist, and then we're going to spend lots of money. That's right. And you'll be hurting. Yeah. So <laughs> people. It's Let's Talk America. It is Tuesday night. We're talking about parenting skills in 2015. Uh, Believe it or not, people, the concept is not dead and gone. As long as there are children, we have to focus on being effective parents and guardians for all of those kids. We have with us the one and only licensed professional counselor, Monica Douglas-Davis. She's on with us. She's breaking it all down. And we're asking the tough questions, and she's putting it all on the line. Now, you talked about what made an effective good parent, being consistent. You kept using that buzzword. I've got to ask you this. Describe a bad or ineffective parent because as much as we talk about the positives, we have people listening, and maybe I'm not shaming anyone again, and we're going to touch on that. But let's talk about what it means to maybe not be the best at parenting, not meaning they're bad parents forever. Um, maybe they have bad moments of parenting. But what does that look like, Monica? Well, 
Well, I'm glad you asked that question. And first of all, I do agree with you. There is no such thing as a perfect parent. We are all going to miss the mark at some area or another. But I think the main thing to do is to consider if you treat your child with dignity and respect, that is something that is important. If you treat your child in a way that says, I love you, to set standards, yes. that's being a good parent. So on the flip side, if you allow your child to do whatever he or she wants, whatever he or she wants, without any type of consequence, without um, any type of accountability, then that is poor parenting. Okay. Because your child is going to become a part of the system, whether that is incarceration. That's right. Or whether the streets are going to get them. That's right. Or ultimately, unfortunately, even death can be um, wow. part of that. So Powerful. you must be a good parent to set some rules for your kids. And if not, then you don't set those systems up in place. They're out there for them, and they will find them. Wow. That is what I would say would be an ineffective parent. Mm. You know, good stuff. Again, real talk for real people on Let's Talk America Radio. You know, Monica, there's an adage people um, often say, I've heard it all my life, if they don't learn to follow the rules early on, there is a system in place that will make them. And that system is prison people. It's the penitentiary. Like it or not, it is a reality. Incarceration um, is out there. And you really want to follow the rules, right, Monica? Not saying, not being one of those parents, well, if you will, my baby doesn't have to follow the rules. Those rules aren't made for him. He's sort of a free spirit, and we're not squashing creativity, but we have to understand we live in a society that has rules, and it's never okay, right, or cutesy, if you will, for a mom or a dad to say, well, that rule's not for you, sweetie, right? Definitely. I would say, unless it infringes on your personal liberties, you know, as far as if someone's hurting your person, then, you know, you have a right to stand up for yourself. But as far as um, just doing anything you want, none of us can do that. Even adults. We have rules. If the sign says to stop and we don't stop, there's going to be a consequence. Okay. If the police are right there, we're going to get a ticket. Yes. We're going to have to pay out That's of our right. pocket. Our insurance is going to go up, and then we have to pay extra money. That's right. So there are just long-term consequences that happen when you make poor choices. I just have a saying that choices create consequences. That's right. Whether they're positive or negative, there are going to be consequences. So I believe in teaching people that there are logical consequences and there are natural consequences. That's right. Again, the logical ones are the parents ones that they instill and say, because we have rules in place, we have consequences to match those. I do think that it needs to be fair and it needs to be um, equitable, but you definitely have to, for example, you don't say to your child, uh, you're on punishment and you're five years old for a month. That's not going to be effective because that's too long, it's not realistic, and they don't get the concept of that. But if you say, tomorrow you cannot play on your Xbox because you hit your sister or because you didn't turn in your homework, they understand and they can make a connection with those consequences that go with those actions. But we have to hold our children accountable because, as you said, if we do not, there'll be a detriment to society and even to us as parents. And we do not want that. Wow. And so, so true, you know, and, and you said it best in so many words. I'm going to paraphrase that. You're free to make any decision you want, right, Monica? But you're not free from the consequences of those decisions. That's 
That is correct. It wow. will come back to haunt you. Mm. Yes. You know, I want to continue along that path of consequences of parenting all in one. I want to touch on a very hot and timely topic right now. Let's talk about deflecting responsibility, okay? And, and we're going to keep bringing up parent shaming. I don't want to do that. We're going to talk about it. Um, but, you know, there have been so many situations in the news. Um, I, I want to talk about not allowing kids to be accountable for their actions and kids who grow to be adolescents, who grow to be teenagers, who grow to be young women and young men, okay? There is a recent example that many people know of, especially out of Atlanta, Georgia, where there were two brothers, if you will, separated in age by, I believe, only a handful of years, uh, four to five years, and it, it, it comes out that they tried to murder, if you will, their parents. Right. Um, I think, and, and I, I want to make sure I have all the details right, but I think first it started by attacking the parents one-on-one. -on -one. I don't think that succeeded, so then they tried to set fire to the home. Uh, everyone was devastated that I know of, was devastated hearing this, okay. Uh, two brothers, um, their parents, they wanted to bring deadly harm to their parents. So speed up, they want another news program. The parents, uh, the boys, from my understanding, young men are still incarcerated, waiting on trial and all of that. The parents, I'm paraphrasing them, I'm not uh, quoting them verbatim, I want that to be known, um, that in so many words they had a bad moment, if you will. I don't want to judge. I don't know the, all of the details. I've never interviewed the parents one-on-one -on -one, um, myself. But, you know, from your professional opinion, when it comes to deflecting blame, and, and even if we're not on this level, which is a very serious one, but we've seen it. The teachers uh, will say, you know, he seems to act out. He's very aggressive. He's hitting a lot. And we all know great people we love who will say, oh, they probably started with him or if he did curse you out and you're the teacher or the adult in the room, what did you do for him to do that to you? So what we're talking about is we're not allowing the child to take blame. Now, to the parents who young men try to kill them, I don't know what that looks like either way when you're talking about the healing process. But at the end of the day, Monica, should parents such as those say it was a bad moment or we have to sometimes face the, the fire or the wind, if you will, to say there's something seriously wrong with my kid? Right. That situation is just almost even unimaginable. It just really is. It appeared myself. I just can't even comprehend that. And so honestly, I think if you look about it from maybe a psychological perspective, and I don't, again, know the parents' um, situation completely, yeah. but I believe, to be honest with you, it's a um, blocking mechanism. Okay. I just think that they can't honestly accept the reality of their children doing that. And so in their mind, they minimize it as to having a bad moment. Okay. And that, that is not the case because this was something clearly that was premeditated. They thought about it. They did it with malice. They did it with vindictiveness. They yeah. did it with anger. And they did it with a purpose. And so that's not a bad moment. A bad moment might be, um, oops, I said a bad word in yes. front of my parents that okay. I didn't mean to because I was angry. I can apologize. Okay. But a bad moment is definitely not, I am going to harm you, stab you, kill you, 
Wow. Suffocate you, no. burn you. No, that is that is a deliberate choice. Those uh, that family needs a lot of intervention. It needs a lot of counseling. I know that they need a lot of uh, prayer, support, whatever you have it. Those children um, have to give account for what they've done. But the parents also, it's just a hurtful situation, and so I know that their hearts are hurting. I know they can't probably explain it. So that probably was to their best of their knowledge way of explaining it. But again, it definitely was more than a bad moment. Okay. Clearly not that. It was much more um, intention than that. And so you did touch on, at the end of the day, the children involved and, and the, the young men. Let me make that clear. They're not small boys. The young men are in a situation. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Monica, but you're saying that it's important that our children are accountable for what they do, right? So we don't want to, in other words, allow them to see us as parents and loving guardians keep making excuses for them. Well, you didn't mean to do that. And if, you know, and so what you're probably suggesting is let's get some real help and stop covering it up with a Band-Aid, regardless of what our kids are doing, right? That is correct. As you even referenced earlier, it starts from an early age. If you see a child that has a problem with just, say, being aggressive, then you need to handle that then on. You don't make excuses for them. You let them know this is not acceptable okay. behavior. These are going to be the consequences. If you don't stop this now, you're going to get into a situation where you're going to be a part of the juvenile justice system yes. if you're young enough. Eventually, you'll be incarcerated as an adult if it continues. It might lead to someone's death, but it's definitely going to be detrimental to you and to others. So we're going to get you the intervention and things that you need That's to right. support. So That's we can right. help you and, again, give you a healthy outlet. Because the thing I do want to say is everybody gets angry, so I'm not sure that, you know, anger in itself, there's nothing wrong with that. But how do you express okay. it in a way that's going to be productive? Okay. And so that's what we want to teach people. And if not, again, the system is set there for you. And when you're institutionalized, I guarantee you, there's not going to be any sympathy or compassion no. there for you. Absolutely. You will serve your time. Absolutely, and what a valid point. I want to piggyback on that and talking about perhaps, and I'm not accusing the parents in Atlanta of this. I don't know them whatsoever. I've never heard anyone even say this about them. But I know of parents who have overcompensated, and if you will, People have used the word spoiled their kids. From your professional opinion, you've worked with many, many families, Monica, um, on parenting skills, on effective, uh, productive family relationships. Can a parent or guardian spoil a kid, if you will? Is that possible from your viewpoint? Absolutely, and it happens every single day, okay. all day long. You see children that are the um, product of being spoiled. And again, that's a child. Now, children are going to want things. So again, there's nothing wrong with children testing the boundaries. Okay. That is in our inherent nature to do that. The older we get, the more independent we come, become, and then we're supposed to push the button. We're supposed to put the envelopes on. Yes. We're supposed to be uh, more independent and try to be, um, you know, find our own authentic self. However, when you um, have a child that is unruly or out of control, um, a child who is disobedient and defiant to everyone, that is a red flag, especially at a young age. Uh, you know, I just referenced some of the, I hate to say it, but everyone started out the same way. If you look at any of the terrorists in the world, any of um, the countries where there were dictators and things of that that did horrible things, they all came out, we all came the same way. We were an innocent child. But somewhere along the line, 
okay. that people didn't get a rein on that person, and they developed, we talk about the ego, and then we just, we become so full of ourselves, we feel we're entitled to everything, and that we have to have it our way, and if we don't yeah. have it our way, then there's going to be, um, this I would say, hell to pay for others, mm, and so, some wow. parents don't want to take that. Okay. Some people, honestly, because of their own experience, yes. maybe they had parents that didn't give them the type okay. of treatment that they felt. So they feel like, okay, well, you know, I want my baby to have everything I didn't have. Wow. Yes, but again, there has to be a logical consequence. There has to be a reason for doing that. And the reason has to be beneficial. I'm one that always says everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. So Love what it. does that mean? It's okay for me to allow you to have one piece of candy, but it is not okay for me to allow you to have ten pieces of candy yes. because of the consequences that are going to happen. Absolutely. You know, so that's how I would put it in terms. And, 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 and that's a powerful concept. I have heard uh, people, and these people were women, okay, but I'm sure there are fathers who talk like this too, but I've had conversations with uh, friends, female friends, who have said, I don't want my kid to want for anything. And when I hear that, I know maybe they're saying, they're just saying a statement. They're not saying it's not that deep. But for me, I say, wow, because guess what, Monica? This is my opinion. Some of them right or wrong. You can want for a lot of things. I guess as a parent, I don't want you to need food, shelter, or clothing, because those are basic necessities to allow you to be focused on what you need to be focused on in life. But to say I don't want them to want for anything, I mean, can can you imagine how many Paw Patrol figures that a child would be asking for and you're trying to fulfill every single desire? Because I don't know if, if it's just me or my close friends, but if you have a child under the age of 10 years old and a commercial comes on and it's touting all of these toys, they want every single toy that they commercialize. Right, Monica? They definitely do. And I always say, you know what, I'm I'm one that puts kids to work. I'll say it on, on national T V. <laughs> My children work. <laughs> they work. Five years old. My twins work. <laughs> they work out. You heard it here first, America. <laughs> they sweet they work. No, because society is not such. You're gonna have to work. They're gonna leave your roof one day yes, they and they have to go out there and function in the world. Nothing is gonna be handed to them on a silver platter. And even those that do have that, there is an accountability that goes with that. There is a reputation that goes with that. There is an expectation yes. that goes with that. No one gets something for free. Even all these so-called celebrities and such, they have people that are saying things about them and doing things that requests that are made of them. Nothing comes free. So you have to learn. Well, I would say love, that body, and I'll say that, that. But other than love, That's right. you have to work for things. Mm -hmm. And you have to earn them. And then it also gives you a sense of pride and value to know that you invested into this and that you took stock into this. Absolutely. And not that something was simply given to you. And you learn to be appreciative and wow. grateful. And those are things that we have to give our children. Those are critical values we need to instill so they are not spoiled and they are not given everything that they request. 
We are talking about parenting skills in 2015. The one and only Monica Douglas Davis is on with us, and she, of course, is a licensed professional counselor. She is talking some great points about uh, being the best parent and guardian you can be. And we all acknowledge it's not easy. None of us will be perfect at it. But, hey, why not gain the tools or the information? And that's exactly what Monica is providing for us tonight. I kept talking about it, and I want to bring it up. Let's talk about parent shaming, Monica. It seems to be a growing trend. And obviously what I'm talking about is, you know, they put the kid on um, any social media site. I'm not going to call any one particular out. Um, and, and maybe it's snowing out, and there's not a hat on the kid's head or a scarf, and the kid is just in a T-shirt and jeans, and they're barefoot. And the parent was like, oh, what a cute pic of my daughter, and I'm just going to put it on out there on social media. And then they're getting their likes, and then the comments begin. Uh, it's freezing. Where's her hat? It's, it's really cold. Why doesn't she have shoes on? And not saying that some of the feedback um, is not something that people often think of, but is it a good idea, from your professional opinion, to sort of just publicly shame a family, friend, or colleague? I mean, if you're connected with them on social media, I'd like to think you know them in some shape or form, maybe not personally, but they mean well, putting the photo up of the baby that's so cute and, and, and so adorable, and then there'll, someone has said, and I've seen this on people's pages, they'll say mean things as if, where's their hair? Why are they 11 months old and they don't have hair? And I don't know if that's parent shaming. That's just mean-spirited. But from your opinion, what you have to say of when people are attacking people's kids or even their own parenting skills? Well, first, the people that shame people are um, insecure. Okay. That's what it bases from. You know, the, the root of that is their own insecurities. And so, you know, I look at things somewhat a little bit differently, um, you know, from a counseling perspective. Again, what is your motive? Yes. If you just feel, you know, now sometimes between trends, you might be like, girl, you know she looks better than red, she has a blue. Okay. You know, <laughs> and that's in love. That's in love. Right. <laughs> but when you attack someone's um, physical characteristics or um, their character or if you put them in an unsafe position, um, in harm's way, those types of things are never okay because, again, emotional damage can be a lifetime. You have to look at it. It's not a moment. It can be a lifetime injury. Do you want to do that? So you really need to think about what you're saying, what is your motive for putting something out there. Now, there are those parents who are like, hey, I want them to be shamed. You know, I've seen the, you know, my child stole, so I made him stand out on the corner with a sign that says, I'm a (laughs) (laughs) And and that's why that's that's going on, too. Right, you know, so the thing about it, though, is, one, I always tell people seek advice, you know, about those things. Okay. Of course, well, you know, it's, it's the United States. We have freedom of speech and such. But, again, you have to think of the long-term effects of what you're doing. I think a more effective way, and, and to be honest, as parents, we've done that. You know, who, as a parent, you know, you, your child might know a little poem, and then you get to the Christmas party, and you're like, go say the poem, baby, go say the poem. <laughs>
ways to discipline and to counsel and even to correct your child than to do something that is going to be out there indefinitely. Now when you put it on the internet, here it is 30, 40, 50 years later That's right. it's out there. That is not Absolutely. something that you want them to have. And you don't want them to have guilt and shame for a poor choice or even, you know, a decision they made that um, is out there forever. So think of your motives when you do those types of things. And what powerful advice, uh, Monica. Of course, we have Monica Douglas Davis on with us. She is a licensed professional counselor. She's worked with many people uh, with many different concerns. And tonight we're talking about parenting. But, Monica, on the parent shaming angle, I guess this is my thought. It, one, I think often it's mean when you're posting these comments that these people men in good jest of, hey, look at my cute baby. You don't have to point things out. Or why are they not dressed properly? And where's your raincoat? If you really have a sincere concern, this is my why don't you send a private message or pick up the phone if that's really your friend or even an associate because we know that uh, you can inbox any of the social media sites has private messages you can send. Why not do that instead of posting it publicly, right? Because it's almost like what are you gaining? Like you said, what's your motive by putting it out there? I mean, I mean, but you know this better than I do being a counselor. There are people that feed on being mean and hurting people. That's true. And and as I would say, hurting people hurt people. So yes. that means somehow, again, back to them being insecure about something. They have some type of, of inner conflict, and they are projecting that onto others. Yes. So if I don't feel good about myself, instead of saying, you know, that, I'm going to say, your child is ugly. Or maybe it's something I have with you, you know, personally. Okay. And instead of saying that, I'm going to direct it at some of your comments wow. or some of your posts. Okay. So it might be an indirect way of putting a jab at somebody. And then there are those who are just spiteful and malicious. The haters, you know, as yes. we say. Yes. So for those type of people, you know, I do believe in killing them with kindness, but also I say limit your interaction with those okay. people. Because negativity feeds on negativity. That's right. So you can't allow those type of people to be in your inner circle. You can't allow that poison, um, and I do believe that is what it is, to yeah. invade your soul and your spirit. For those type of people, I say you have to pray for them, you have to wish them well, and then you have to separate yourself from them because wow. they need to work on themselves. But you don't take on their personal hate uh, and interpret that um, for yourself. Awesome information. Monica, we could talk all night. We know that. We're going to have to get out of here. But before we do, very quickly, I, I want to talk about single parenting, if you will, because you opened up the segment um, so eloquently stating that parenting is different today from what it was many years ago because, one, uh, single parenting is much more prevalent than it was, and, and no one will debate that. You look at the U.S. Census, it clearly states that. We have many single dads, single moms. We also have married and joined in union individuals listening right now. But for that single dad, that single mom uh, that's sitting right now in Charleston, South Carolina, are there any concerns unique to him or her? Uh, because we, we talked about it. You gave some great general information on parent skills. But when they're doing it alone, or perhaps the other parent is evolved, evolved but not like they ideally should be, when she's doing it alone, you know, it's not always easy to be consistent. I'm not making excuses for anyone. Um, but maybe she's tired of being the bad guy, if you will. She just wants her kid to love her and hug her and come home to, and be happy 
city see your but when you're the single parent uh, I've had many friends who are single parents tell me this they have to be at all and sometimes when you have to wear every hat it can be tough on them because that mom and that dad you know they don't always want to be the bad guy I mean if they have to do it to be make sure their kids productive they'll do what they have to do but I would imagine that most parents aren't really elated with joy when their kids are mad with them right so to that single mom or single dad listening right now to your voice Monica what's unique to them and and talk her through not having any guilt about it well, it is unique because, again, you you have to be the fall guy or fall woman for everything. And so that is something that, no, is it, it isn't pleasant, but it is a requirement. And so the first thing I would say is don't be so hard on yourself. Okay. You have to be the best parent you can be to your child. And that means you have to say no. You have to say, I can't do it right now. You, can't, you have to say, that is not acceptable. Well, that's something that we don't do. And you have to teach them that because if you don't, you are ill-equipping your child to be a productive citizen. Yes. So as a single parent, you just have to say, you know what, this is a responsibility that is a joy and a pleasure, but it is work. That's right. And work means that you have to put in the time. Work is, it can be pleasant, it can be productive, yes. but also it can be challenging. That's right. So you have to just embrace that as a single parent. You have to say, you know what, this is what, at least at this time I'm not in life is, I'm going to do the best at that. And so you even say that with your child. I say, you know, daddy didn't make a good choice today. I was frustrated, so I raised my yes. voice when I should yes. have and yelled. You, you show children that when a mistake or error is made, that there is accountability even on their part. I personally believe it is okay to tell your child you made a mistake because, again, it's going to teach them that as they grow and learn and make mistakes, as we all do, there are ways to get over that that are productive, that are not shaming, that are not embarrassing, and that also hold them accountable and that they'll go back and say to someone else when they do something, you know what, I, I, I didn't make a good choice today. Adolescent 
Resource Education Services. I am in the Atlanta area, but I can be reached by phone 404-578-7629. Again, that's 404-578-7629. Please go to my website, which is www.careservicessite.com. Or I'm also available on Facebook. Social media is the way of the time, so you can definitely reach me at Monica Douglas Davis on all the different social medias. Thank you so much, Trina. Oh, it's a pleasure always to have you on. We're going to have to have you back on because as long as kids are around, we have to try to get this thing called parenting together. Monica, thanks. You're a friend here at the show. Keep it going. Thank you so much, Trina. This is the DJ Nicholas, Gospel Radio from Kingston, Jamaica. And you're listening to Let's Talk America. Keep it locked. Listeners of your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton, you should know that although it's considered a very rare disease, gastrointestinal and pancreatic neuroendocrine tumors, better known as NETs in the medical world, are now ranked as the second most prevalent GI malignancy behind colon cancer. The disease can be difficult to diagnose and is still not well understood by many, even in the medical community. Now, as a result, many people with NETs may wait up to five to seven years to receive a diagnosis. I have with me right now live on the line this Tuesday night, uh, the celebrated Dr. Eric Liu. He is with us to talk about this and so much more. How are you doing this Tuesday night, doctor? I'm well, sure. Thanks for having me this evening. Oh, thank you so much. Now, this is a very serious health concern, as obviously most health concerns are, but it's one, obviously, that uh, many individuals outside of the medical community don't know a lot about, and according to the information I've received, some within your very own community are not that familiar with. First, I want you to get as basic as you can with us. What uh, what are gastrointestinal and pancreatic neuroendocrine tumors? It's a, it's a large phrase, but what exactly? Exactly, it are NETs. Yeah, it's quite a mouthful. You did a good job, Shana. Neuroendocrine <laughs> tumors, or, or NETs, we call them, are unusual tumors that tend to be slow growing, and they usually come from the lungs or the digestive tract. You'd be surprised, it's actually really quite complicated and difficult to breathe and eat, and you should be thankful you don't have to think about it all the time. Yeah. But these tiny little cells control your digestion and your breathing, and for whatever reason, every now and then they turn to tumors. And they can be a real challenge, especially, as you said, for our medical community because we don't receive much education on it. I don't consider myself that old, and when I went to medical school, I got about 45 minutes in four years on this disease. Oh, wow. Right, and so now that I specialize in it, I can see how really very complicated it is. And it's a challenge, and luckily it's slow growing because the symptoms are very, very common. Just imagine if you have some flushing or some abdominal pain or even diarrhea. You might get a diagnosis of, say, menopause or irritable bowel. And if it lasts for a long time, it doesn't really make your symptoms any better. Uh, you're not getting to the root of the cause. And okay. all we want is for people to think, wow, maybe it's caused by something different, even something like cancer. Yes. Oh, wow. Which, as you know, Dr. Liu, a lot of people do not want to hear the C word under any circumstances. Now, you being in the medical community know that's not necessarily a death sentence, but to a lot of individuals non-medical, uh, it's still scary, and I'm sure you would agree to that. But tell me this. Let's get to the bottom of it. What are the signs and symptoms of NETS, as you called it? Yeah, it can be quite a challenge, Sheena. 
Uh, the signs and symptoms are very are varied. They can sometimes be even completely asymptomatic. You may mm -hmm. go in for something else and get a CAT scan or some other kind of test, and they say, oh, did you know you have tumors? It, it can be quite a shock. Okay. The C word can be very scary. But some of the common ones include abdominal pain, okay. uh, uh, irritable bowel type syndromes like, like um, nausea or even um, diarrhea. Okay. You get flushing. People can get some wheezing. People can get even rashes and arthralgias, you know, joint pain. They might even get diabetes. So there are really quite a few different types of symptoms, and it can be really quite a challenge to make the correct diagnosis. Mm. It's Tuesday night, listeners, uh, domestic and international of Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. We have with us on a, a gentleman that's uh, very well respected in the medical community. Dr. Liu is on with us. He is the Chief Medical Advisor for Healing Net Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to providing more education and awareness about uh, the type of tumors we're talking about, the neuroendocrine tumors uh, and cancers out there. You know, uh, tell me this, doctor. Obviously, it, it's such a mystery to people. You name some symptoms uh, that can come up. I don't want to ask a silly question, but I've had many doctors on the show that said no question's a silly question. These obviously are tumors. Is there any way that the patient themselves would know there are tumors in them? I mean, would there be lumps in the abdominal area or for a physician to figure out or feel? Is it that simple or not necessarily? Oh, it's not. Unfortunately, it's really quite complicated. Uh, it might be as simple enough as just to get a, a scan, like okay. a test, in order to image you and see what it is. But it's not so simple as just doing a self-exam and finding something. So that's really what's different. What you have to really do is be very sensitive to your symptoms, understanding the fact that even some patients are completely asymptomatic. Oh, wow. And, and despite the fact that it is a cancer and we don't like to, to use the, the C word and it's yeah. quite scary, this is quite a different type of cancer. These are tumors that in general, not always, but in general tend to be quite slow growing. Hmm. And so if they're slow growing, it means we have a good opportunity and time to really intervene. One, to improve the patient's quality of life. Okay. Imagine if you have lots of diarrhea. Sometimes you can't even leave your house. Oh, wow. But we have wonderful medications that can really help people feel better. And it may be a combination of things. There may be surgery. There may be some chemos or some pills or some hormones. I mean, there's quite a big... Uh, quite a few tools in our toolbox. And so we always encourage people to really empower themselves and really take, be proactive by educating themselves if they get this diagnosis of a neuroendocrine tumor. And one of the places we can go is actually a new website called knowyournets.com. Okay. It's an educational website which has, which has a lot of information in it, and it can tell you about the signs and symptoms, the treatments, and things like that. And so I'm, I'm very happy to say that we do have quite a few treatments, and it doesn't have to be a, you know, kind of that death sentence you had mentioned before. Wow. Um, remember, we all die, so it's not, you yes. have to keep that in mind. But still, people can still live good, long and good quality of life. Yes. You know, Dr. Lou, you uh, started opening our conversation, and you said it so eloquently, uh, that there can be misdiagnosis with this uh, condition or disease, rather, because, uh, again, the medical community itself, some just aren't that familiar with it. Um, you also said that the disease can be asymptomatic, which would also make it harder to diagnose. And I just want to ask you this. You know, when we hear other, if you will, GI conditions out there, irritable bowel syndrome, uh, and there are countless ones that you're very familiar with, I would imagine some of those symptoms mimic the next condition, and that would also make it more difficult to diagnose. Am I right or wrong? Oh, you're 100% right, Shannon. That's really the challenge of this neuroendocrine disease. You're right. You could have, you know, 
gluten um, sensitivity nowadays is very, very common. Irritable bowel, even inflammatory bowel. Yes. I mean, there are really quite a few different types of things. So I'm not here to panic anyone. Yes. It's not that, you know, immediately if you have stomach pain, you might have cancer. But all I'm saying is that if your symptoms last longer than you think they should, if they're not responding to therapy, if you're kind of reaching a point of frustration where, hey, something's going on and, and I'm not exactly sure what's happening here. Okay. All we want is for people to think about the possibility of this neuroendocrine tumor and that, and to go and educate yourself on it because it may take some blood tests and some scans. Yeah. But if it is something that you have, you want to get treated right away because one, it can make you feel better. Yeah. And two, hopefully if we can treat you earlier, we can improve your overall outcome. Mm. You know, our health matters, Dr. Lou. You know that better than anyone being an acclaimed surgeon. You know, what questions should the average patient, someone listening in right now from San Juan, uh, Puerto Rico, who is on with us now, you know, what questions should they bring up to their physicians if they're concerned about any gastro issues? Because you uh, may not be aware of this because you're a physician, but a lot of patients say, well, I don't want to bother the doctor about that. And, And he never mentioned it was NETS. He never mentioned it was irritable bowel syndrome. So it's probably not that. A lot of people don't want to perhaps seem like they're the expert because they're going to see an expert, but as an expert, what would be your advice and what sort of question should they be bringing up? Oh, well, you know, you know, every expert is also a patient, too. Don't forget. <laughs> Great point. Absolutely. And so remember, you know, we, uh, you know, I have, you know, if I have a health issue, I want to work with someone. So I always encourage people to always have an open dialogue with a physician. Don't worry about asking them questions. That's really one of the things that okay. we are here for. We're here to educate and, you know, help diagnose, help you feel better. And remember, I can't be with you 24 hours a day, so I don't know yeah. what's happening. So do tell me some of the things that are going on and engage in that conversation. But remember, if, if you don't know what's happening or you, you don't feel like you're getting anywhere, okay. go ahead and empower yourself and do your own research and learn something. Think about something else. And, of course, don't ever hesitate to get a second opinion. Okay. You know, I always encourage my patients to see someone else if there's any question because, one, I'd like to know if I'm missing anything. Okay. Two, I just want them to feel better. So anything that works is okay with me. Okay, wow, powerful. And you heard it here. A renowned surgeon himself, Dr. Eric Lou, said that even if you feel you want a second opinion, you're saying from your standpoint that shouldn't be a problem for most physicians, right, doctor? Well, for me it isn't. Okay. I I want the patient to do well. That's always the number one goal. Bottom line, life matters. Thank you, Dr. Lou, for being on with us. Before you leave us so quickly, give us that website again so we can go and find more resources and information on this uh, very important and critical medical condition. Oh, you bet. There's plenty of information on neuroendocrine tumors and neuroendocrine cancer. Just go to knowyournet.com. It's a new site with information on signs and symptoms and the disease process. Hopefully it will be very helpful to you. Thank you. Keep sharing all of your great information. Thank you, Sharon. Have a good night. Have a good one. You too. The Orange Zebra is a new children's book written by award-winning teacher, Bishari Hardy, that teaches children about accepting their uniqueness. When 11-year-old Leah and her younger sister Zoe make good grades, their beloved Aunt Grace takes them to Bush Gardens. The girls learn about the different kinds of beautiful animals from Africa, but Leah learns much more. Aunt Grace teaches her a lesson about loving herself and embracing her uniqueness through an interesting story about an orange zebra. Get your copy today for a special child online through Amazon and eBay. 
listeners of your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, it is Tuesday night, and we are talking about your health because it matters. You know, both the Democrat and Republican presidential candidates are crisscrossing the nation, campaigning that they're just like the rest of us. And you know what? They really are to a large degree. Now, lots of us are hitting the road over the holiday season, whether you're a candidate shaking hands and kissing cute babies or simply traveling for work or visiting your family and friends to eat some great food, we're all going to encounter billions, that's right, I said billions of germs over the next several weeks. Now, how can we protect ourselves? Right now, we have internationally renowned microbiologist and germ researcher, Dr. Charles Gerber, a.k.a. Dr. Germ. He is with us this Tuesday night. How are you doing, sir? All fine. Good. Thanks for being with us. Now, tell me this. We see lots of public figures shaking hands and the politicians, if you will, the old tagline of kissing babies. And we do a lot with our hands ourselves. Why exactly um, is our hands, or rather, why are our hands our worst enemies when it comes to trying to stay healthy this season, doctor? Well, when you have the cold or flu, anybody who has it, uh, they're going to put the viruses on their hands every time they break a cough, sneeze, or they're going to always have the virus being present. About a third of the people who have a cold virus, for example, that okay. infected with will have that virus on their hands. So every time they shake a presidential hand candidate, they're going to basically hand him uh, viruses. Wow. You know, we are coming into the holiday season. It's starting to get colder in most spots um, in the U.S., rather. You know, Dr. Gerber, tell me this. Why does it seem like we have more colds and more sicknesses, if you will, especially influenza, during this time of the year? Well, there are a number of reasons for that. Actually, we spend more time indoors is one reason. The air is drier. When the air is drier because you're heating, uh, the viruses actually survive longer in the indoor environment. And we spend more time in indoor environments. We're touching more surfaces, which could potentially be contaminated with cold and flu viruses. And every time we get those on our hands, bring our fingers to the face, we very effectively uh, transmit the cold and flu viruses. You know, what are some of the most common germ-spreading surfaces that we should at least try to avoid? Well, it's difficult to avoid them all, but uh, to be aware of where they are all the time is important. It's uh, Basically, we're a button-pushing world, so like those ATM machines, okay. computer keyboards, your phones, uh, doorknobs, for example, okay. uh, even grocery cart handles. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, you know, well, tell me this now. I, when we're in the grocery store, for instance, they'll have the wipes, if you will, and I'm assuming that some of them have the sanitizer-type, uh, um, you know, uh, lotion on it, if you will. You know, how effective uh, are, you know, using the sanitizers? Is that as effective as washing your hands with soap or the surface with soap? Yeah, hand sanitizers are, are uh, as effective as hand wash. Okay. In, in my opinion, they're a good substitute for hand washing because you can't always get to a sink when you need to. I see. Very good. Tell me this. This may be obvious to you being a world-renowned doctor, um, but I know when we were young kids, mom and dad would say, make sure you wash your hands before you eat, and often we tell our young toddlers that. Is that still a, a practical and a good idea in 2015? 
Yeah, it's still a good idea to wash your hands when you get home at a time when you, when you come back from play. It's a good idea so you don't bring the virus in it. Uh, particularly this time of year, uh, the odds are uh, that you're going to come across a virus, and eventually, the way the gauntlet works with germs, you'll probably eventually catch up with a cold or flu. So it's also important to remind people this time of year to stock up on cold relief uh, medications like okay. open 12-hour cough relief, for example. Okay. So you don't spread the virus to other family members when you cough or sneeze. is a really good idea. Too. Okay, that makes sense. Which mode of holiday travel, as we get ready to get on the road for Thanksgiving and all of the holiday festivities coming up in December, which mode of travel carries the greatest risk for sickness? Is it airplane? Is that true? I've heard that rumor. Well, in our studies, we found the, the uh, germiest form of transportation is actually trains followed by buses by, followed by airplanes. If you take a bus, your risk of getting a cold or flu are six times greater than if you took a car, for example. Oh, wow. When you enter an airplane, studies have shown that about uh, 25% of the people on that airplane will have a cold or flu virus in their nose or mouth. Oh, wow. It is Tuesday night. You're listening to your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America. We have with us Dr. Charles Gerber on. He's known as uh, Dr. Germ. He's a university uh, professor and a world-renowned microbiologist. Um, I want to ask you this. It's real talk for real people here, and it may be an obvious one, but I've got to know. Our grandparents would often say, hey, keep your head covered in the winter times or when it's wet outside, and that'll keep you from getting the cold or the flu or any sort of bugs. You're a scientists, is there any truth to keeping our head covered when it's wet and cold outside, doctor? Well, studies have shown that that doesn't really increase your risk of getting an infection at all. Okay. Uh, so I probably, still good advice, I still wouldn't recommend it because uh, it's uncomfortable, but the say from Trump doesn't really increase your risk. Oh, I see. So <laughs> that good advice for grandmother may not be 100%, but you're saying don't stop doing it if it keeps you comfortable. That's right. <laughs> you know, uh, what should we do if we do end up getting sick? I know you mentioned there, obviously, the products that we can use to try to prevent the spread of it. I mean, tell us more about that, and when should we go see a medical professional? Yeah, I think it's good if you get a cold or flu. The idea is you get plenty of rest. Try to deal with your symptoms, like uh, with uh, Robitussin severe multi-symptom cough and flu medication uh, is, is a good idea. Okay. Too. Good, good advice for everyone out there. Is you know, is it possible to avoid germs altogether? Because we've heard the term germaphobe. I'm sure you have known. You're very familiar with that word. Um, but are, I mean, can we do it? Or we're just going to have to face the fact that germs are real, and there's a high possibility we're going to get sick. Yeah, you're really always gambling with germs, and good hygiene is really trying to keep the odds in your favor, not the germs' favor. But yeah, eventually you're going to get a cold or flu. Uh, when you run the germ gauntlet, the, the, uh, eventually the odds will catch up with you, just like in Las Vegas. Uh, they figured this out, the germs, a long time ago by coughing, sneezing, getting it on your hands and that, and spreading your environment. If you go into an office, for example, during the cold and flu season to work, about a third of the surfaces will have the cold and flu viruses on it. So it's, it takes a real effort to avoid it all the time. But if you practice good hand hygiene, like okay. we're talking about, 
it reduce your uh, risk of getting a cold or flu by 50% or more. Amazing. Before you leave us, I have to ask you this. Uh, many of our listeners have grandkids. They have uh, children themselves that are small. And, you know, you know this. When they go to daycare or their school, um, that age can be a very uh, touching age where they touch their noses, their mouths. And, you know, as much as we say wash your hands to the four-year-old, that's probably not as realistic as we'd like as much as possible throughout the day. Any advice for parents or grandparents or guardians who want those little ones to stay uh, healthy, but they go to school and they're full of germs in that classroom? Yeah, you're right. Children, a four-year-old child will bring their fingers to their face about uh, once every minute to give you a rough example. Best thing, again, you you can do is when they come back home, make sure you you practice good hand, wash your hands so you don't bring the germs into your household, which is the risk for both you and the children. Nice. And I I would know you'd say this as a microbiologist also, if your child is sick, try to keep them at home. Don't send sick kids into places with other sick kids or people, right? Right, absolutely not, because that just spreads it around. You'd be amazed uh, on how fast the virus will spread in a schoolroom. But basically, half the deaths in the schoolroom could have a cold or flu virus during this time of year. Wow. Same thing if you're sick. Good to stay home, because you'll, uh, you'll be spreading the virus among other people at where you work, too. Yes, oh, let's keep us all healthy. Uh, officially, before you leave, how can our uh, listeners learn more about uh, germs and staying healthy and products? Well, you can go to robotussin.com and that will provide additional information. Thank you so much, Dr. Gerber. Keep spreading all the great information and spread no germs. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, this is Shirley, and we just love listening to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thorpe. Hi, my name is Kavarga, and I listen to Let's Talk America. Hi, my name is Nicole Dodd, and I'm tuning in every Tuesday at 7.30 to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thorpe. This is Audrey, and I'm listening to Let's Talk America with Shana Thorpe. This is such an awesome show. If you're not connected, you really need to be. Well, everyone, that's going to wrap up our conversation for tonight's edition of Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. Do stick with us next Tuesday night, same time, same place. We would be honored to have you stick with us in 2016. We have brand new shows for you, okay? So do know that each and every Tuesday night, it's a new segment. It's no repeat or replays unless you want it to when you go back and listen to the replay podcast, all right? Do take a visit of our really neat and easy-to-navigate website at www.letstalkamericawithshanathornton.com. Again, that's www.letstalkamericawithshanathornton.com. Also, I would welcome you to join us on the various social media outlets, okay? Uh, We are out there. Just go to our website or put our name in your favorite search engine, and you will find us. We are excited to announce that we are on Periscope, okay? So we are on Periscope now, and you can find us with our username being Let's Talk America Radio. Let's Talk America Radio. Uh, The plan is to air uh, live on Periscope each and every Monday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for just quickly one to two minutes. So if you have time, do join us. Go back and listen or view the footage uh, for the next 24 hours after it airs, and then it dissolves. It's gone after that, ladies and gentlemen, on Periscope. All right? You know we love great conversation here, and we adore phenomenal music. 
And right now, we're going to close the show out with some phenomenal music by the one and only Lindsay Slayton. I had the opportunity to join her on television in 2015 on Atlanta Live. That's featured on WATC Network in Atlanta. And I interviewed this phenomenal musician, and she is so talented. And I am excited to feature her music again here tonight on Let's Talk America Radio. All right, Lindsay Slayton will close us out. Have a phenomenal 2016, everyone. I hope you're off to a great start. And we shall chat with you next Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But stay tuned in anytime, all the time, at www.letstalkamerica with ShanaThornton.com. Let's Talk America Radio is an entity of Pageant and Thomas Enterprises, LLC. All content original, copyright 2016.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.